Good morning, brothers and sisters. Pastor Shane here, Worship Without Walls. I'd like to thank you all for joining me here for worship, word, and prayer. With that said, let us get right into prayer on this blessed Sunday morning of Lent. Oh God, we rejoice in your salvation, for your spirit brought to life in Mary, the one who saves your people from their sins. Send your spirit on your church to quicken all that is barren in us, that we may give birth to Christ for our world today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn to 785, the life everlasting in our red hymnal. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Most assuredly I say to you, he who hear, hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life, and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And this is the testimony that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is, his, is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you, who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Our opening hymn is Precious Lord, Take My Hand. Appears and the night 
draws near and the day is past and gone at the river I stand guide my feet and hold my hand take my hand precious Lord and lead me home precious Lord take my hand lead me on let me stand I am tired I am weak and I am worn through the storm and through the night lead me my hand, precious Lord, and lead me home. Take my hand, precious Lord, and lead me home. Amen and amen. Please join me in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into the Hades. On the third day, he rose again from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. And amen. We turn to 632. Forgiveness. Come now, and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever, because he delights in mercy. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times. Seven. Be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful, and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you, that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation 
for our sins and not our <clears throat> and not for ours only but also for the whole world let us pray O living one your daughter Mary prayed to be your faithful servant hear the prayers of our hearts on behalf of your world dear Heavenly Father we lift up to you our brothers and sisters in the LGBTQIA plus community that you might watch over them and help guide them during this time of their struggle in this country and world Lord we lift up to you our brothers and sisters of Asian Latino black Hispanic and so many more you would bless their hearts and their lives and you would continue to watch over them in their day-to-days you continue to bless them and help guide them back to you Lord I lift up to you our sisters Robin and Nora for their health I lift up to you Nikki Ben Darren Caden Charlotte Jack I lift up to you Lord Beth I lift up to you Steve Courtney Lennox lift up to you Jen I lift up to you Debbie I lift up to you Lord the abundance of those who are in this ministry who are part of our congregation Lord and in all of lifting them up to you Lord I look to you that you might be watching over them and protecting them that you might be able to help guide them in their lives I lift up to you Jacob I lift up to you Rebecca Maggie and Danny Lord I lift them to you that you might help them grow and teach them your ways through us Lord that the things that are in this world that cause people to feel hopeless Lord that cause them anxiety stress Lord that I reach them lift them to you that you might calm their fears and their anxiety that you might show them how much you care for them Lord I lift up to you Marcus and Darren and Dave and Linda and Lynn Lord I lift up to you this ministry that we might be just humble servants to you trying to please you trying to show your love and light into this world not just during this Lenten season not just during this one day a week on Sunday but every day of the week Lord, we lift up to you our brothers and sisters battling in war in the Ukraine. We lift up to you our brothers and sisters who are struggling with illness and disease that we know nothing about. We lift up to you our brothers and sisters who struggle day in and day out with mental illness and mental health. He's their fears and their anxiety help them during their struggle because ever surprising one as your messenger came to Mary with words of your favor and the pledge of your wondrous new life for us may we in our day prove ourselves as ready to serve you and as willing to bear the life you offer for the blessing of our world in Christ Jesus name we pray amen and Amen. We turn our blue hymnal to 509, My Life, My Joy, My All. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. O oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect. And all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be my God, 
the rock, my Savior. I will praise you, O Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away, and you have comforted me. Surely, God, in my salvation, I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, leading us not to temptation, but delivering us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us continue in prayer. Almighty and restoring God, we have been living through some difficult days as churches and as individuals. We experience days when we rise wondering if we will make it through one more day, whether the church will survive for another generation. And we feel like those dry bones in the valley as we offer our tithes and offerings Help us to hear the word of hope the prophet shares, not just with our ears, but with our hearts. May it call us back to life and service <coughs> out of the graves of despair in which we have buried ourselves. In Christ's holy name, amen and amen. We turn now to our Gospel of our Lord. And our Gospel today comes from the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 45. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, <clears throat> the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus, <clears throat> her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days at the place where he was at. Then after he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go, that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will 
get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe nevertheless. Let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. So Jesus came. He found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. And now Martha had said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she also quickly arose and came to him. Now, Jesus not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews, who were with her in the house, and comforting her when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did not I say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him 
and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. Here ends our scripture from the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to Christ. And this brings me to our message for today. And our message for today is entitled Life, Then, Now, and Forever. But before we get into fully the message, I want to start by giving you the definition from the Oxford Dictionary on what life is which is the condition that distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic matter. It is including things like the capacity for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death. Now, how many of you can actually say, based on that definition, that you technically have life in you? We are breathing, we are here, we are interacting, right? But we know that there are many passages and stories in the Bible of people who were barren and couldn't reproduce until God intervened. We know that there tends to be times in our lives where we don't feel the growth going on, the transformation going on, but yet that's part of the definition is the capacity for growth. We have the capacity for it even if we don't acknowledge it. Functional activity. I suppose taking a sip of my coffee could be functional activity. Standing here preaching on this blessed Sunday is functional activity. Continual change preceding death. What type things happen to us, brothers and sisters, as we grow older, right? The things that happen in life preceding death, right? We're born, we get bigger, we learn to walk, we get bigger, we learn to run, we get bigger, we learn to drive, ride bikes. We get bigger, we fall in love, and so forth, right? And ultimately, once we're full grown, then what starts happening? Well, for some of us, we gain a little bit of weight in our stomachs. For others, if they're blessed and lucky enough, maybe they don't. Some of us, we lose a little hair on top of our heads. We get gray, some of those too. And that's okay, because we continually change. What happens to our minds if we're lucky? Hopefully that continues to grow and change as well. For some of us, that's not always the case. But I bring this up <clears throat> because when God created man, we were just ash, we were dust, right? He molded and melded us into being what we are today in his image. But what transpired for us to really be alive back then, back when God created Adam? He had to breathe life into him. Imagine that. He had to breathe life into him. And I said at the beginning that our message today is called life, then, now, and forever. So when we sit there and we think about the then, where's the then? The then is the past history that we're going to talk about when it comes to Lazarus, Martha, and Mary with Jesus. And we see that then part at the beginning of the scripture. When they kind of go over that Lazarus was the one he loved. Mary was the one, the sister of Martha, who 
cleansed and washed the Lord's feet with the anointing of the oil and the fragrance of the nard. Spike nard. And yet, many of us forget these facts, that there's history there prior to this with Jesus and Mary and Martha and Lazarus. We have the then set in place in this instance in the gospel. And then we see the now. And the now is where Jesus gets the message that the one who he loved is taken ill and could die. Now for many of us, we have most likely experienced it in our lives where we have been told that someone we love is sick and looks like they might pass away, die, rejoin the Lord in heaven. And for many of us, <clears throat> this is a hard thing for us to take in. We're not always used to it. We don't know how to feel. We're emotionally upset and so forth. But that's the right now, right? We're emotionally upset. Christ, however, had like a little bit different take on this. And Christ's take on this was <clears throat> when he found out, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So Christ already knew what was going to happen. He knew the forever that needed to happen. He knew the purpose of Lazarus being sick. So he continued to do for a couple more days, according to scripture, what he was finishing up where he was. <clears throat> Sorry. And it's interesting how they set this setting for us. That we can actually sit there and picture Christ being like, you know, Lazarus over there, he's sick. <clears throat> Thank you for the message, but I'm going to finish what I'm doing over here first, okay? And then I'm going to go see Lazarus. And that's basically what he says. So he finishes up what he's doing and he says, let's go to Judea now. And the disciples say to him, like, you know, why would we go back to the same place that last time we were at? The Jewish Pharisees and population wanted to stone you. They wanted to pick up their big heavy rocks and put you to death. Why would we return, Rabbi? Why would you say, let's go? But Jesus, unafraid of this, <clears throat> says, this is where we're going to go anyway. Okay. So we're following Jesus. And Jesus actually answered and basically said, and I really like this response, and I kind of want to talk about this a little bit. Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks at night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. <clears throat> so Jesus is not sitting there and telling them at this point, about night and day as we would look outside and see physically. Jesus is actually talking to them about if you see the light in this world, which is I, who is the Son of God, I am the light of the world, then you're not going to stumble and you're going to continue to come forth and you're going to continue to believe and have faith. But yet, if you walk in the night, then you stumble because the light is not in him. Basically saying that if you walk at night, if you continue to have doubt and don't have faith, then you're walking in darkness. And thus you're going to continue to stumble. You're going to continue to sin. You're going to continue to have problems and trespasses and things. <clears throat> and that's the now. That's the right now that we're in in the scripture but meanwhile, while Christ is talking to the disciples and doing all this, he's thinking about the forever. And as he's thinking about the forever, 
He then goes on to say that our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Now, if I looked to you brothers and sisters right now and said, you know, our friend Devin, he sleeps. But we're going to go so I can wake him up. You're going to think literally, just as the disciples did, that a man is taking a nap and resting and sleeping because they're ill. And that sleeping means that they're going to get better, hopefully, from that rest. Because what's the first thing we get told? Well, take it easy, rest, plenty of fluids, and so forth. But yet, Christ is sitting there and saying he rests because Lazarus has already died. Christ knows that he is already going to be dead by the time he gets there. And he basically, because the disciples didn't get it, they didn't understand the whole walking in the light and being faithful and having faith in the Son of Man, who is the light of the world, fully. They didn't get that part of when he said that Lazarus rests. So he finally sits there and just says to them flat out, Look, guys, Lazarus dead. Now imagine you're trying to explain to somebody and comfort them as you want to walk this journey, which is probably a long enough journey from where they were to getting there. You're trying to do it the nice way, and then finally they just seem to be so dense they're not getting it. They're only thinking of, like, the current picture and the current situation and the words actually that are coming out of your mouth. And you finally have to be like, look, guys, sorry, he's dead. She's dead. Imagine having to get to that point. Now, for many of us, we would get frustrated, right? And eventually, it wouldn't come across nicely like, oh, I'm sorry that they passed away. It would be like, guys, enough. This is the current situation that I feel like Christ is in. And I'm not saying he's getting frustrated with him because he's humble and loving. But if it was man, man would be frustrated and go, whoa, people, please. But not only does he go, he's dead and plainly tell them. He then goes on to say, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe, nevertheless, we're going to go to him. Nevertheless, I feel like you're not listening, you're not fully believing, your faith isn't strong enough yet, so I'm going to go show you why it should be. I'm going to go show you, and nevertheless, we're going to go. So come on, let's take this journey, let's walk. And what the greatest part is with this is that when Christ gets there, Martha goes to meet him. And she basically calls him out and Mary does the same thing and is like, Lord, we know that if you were here, this wouldn't be happening. Our brother wouldn't be dead. And Christ is kind of sitting back because he already knows what's going to happen. And he's probably thinking, like, yes, I know, I could have saved him then. We wouldn't have been here. We wouldn't have had him already be dead. And he finally gets to the point where he's like, take me to him. But not before he's getting a little bit emotional, because it is his friend. He does care for him. He loves him. But when God... Or when Christ, should I say, sees Lazarus. Actually, before we get to that point. Because again, Christ is thinking forever, right? Christ sits there and tells Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And he then looks at her and says, do you believe this? Brothers and sisters in Christ, when we're talking about the forever, we're talking about life everlasting, going to heaven, living forever in eternal bliss through Christ Jesus. 
And I have to take a pause from what we're talking about, again, the then, now, and forever, and say, do you believe? And I'm doing our then, now, but yeah, forever, based on scripture, but we can also talk about the then, now, and forever in our lives as well. Briefly. So, you say, yes, you believe. Awesome. Martha said she believes too. But then it goes to the part where Mary comes and then it gets to the point where he goes, where have you laid him? We know what happens. Christ goes and he calls Lazarus forth, right? And he, I mean, he literally has to repeat again saying, did I not say to you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God? So now, because it's at a point where he almost basically has to put on like a little bit of a show, Christ goes and says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Imagine having to basically sit there and do something so that the people would believe that you were sent by and who you say you are. But I almost feel like that's the world we live in nowadays. Like you could say, hey, I am this person. And someone would be like, prove it. No, you're not. You didn't do that. You didn't make this company. You didn't start this. And that's kind of what is happening like the Pharisees and the Jewish people that were there helping come trying to comfort Mary and Martha they didn't believe so Christ has to sit there and say father it's me I know you always hear me but I'm doing this because we're gonna put it on and show others that you actually listened to us and with that, then we go into the part where then he sits there and says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus wakes from the dead and walks out. Think about that for a second. And the best part is because Lazarus got up from the dead and walked out, many Jews started to believe that he was the son of God, that he was the Messiah and that he was the true Christ as what was prophesied in the Old Testament, as was prophesied back in their scripture passages that they read. And it's almost amazing to see that whole transformation happening. But let's for a second think about the then, now, and forever in our lives. The then could be when we were born. The then could be our childhood. The then could be, as we refer to it, a past life that we had almost. For me, my then could be my 20s. Prior work injury. My now is being a pastor, being a father, being a husband, being a disciple of Christ. And my forever, hopefully, will be heaven, will be eternal life with the Lord Jesus. My now is doing things in the name of Christ on earth so that my forever can be to be with him in eternity. And I look to you, brothers and sisters, and when I say that, are you living life now for Jesus so that you can conquer death and enter eternal life for your forever with him? Are you being loving? Are you being lights in the world? Are you bringing hope to those who feel hopeless? Are you 
showing love and compassion and kindness for those who are being persecuted? Or are you standing on the side of history where you are condemning and persecuting others? Are you looking in the mirror for how can I be a better Christian and live life like Jesus, helping those less fortunate? Or are you just looking at others of what they do wrong and not looking inwardly? I've always heard this comment or quote stated, whereas if you read the gospel and you start self and you start examining others, then you're reading it wrong. But if you're reading the gospel and you're looking inwardly at your own heart and your own self and you're self-examining what you can do better to live up to the gospel and what you can give away and what you need to take on, then you're probably reading it correctly. You see, there's a lot to take in when we read the gospel. There's a lot to take in when we sit there and think, whoa, what would Jesus do? There's a lot to take in to think that we can actually live life like Christ did. And there's a lot to live up to as well, trying to. I know that none of us are perfect. I'm not perfect myself. But what I do know is that Christ would come down and share love with us all. And that's the rock that I stand on. That is the rock that I'm preaching on. And that is the rock that, as I say, hopefully would get me to eternity for my forever. To conquer death. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I look to you and just ask... What does your story look like in your book of life, of your then, now, and forever? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we look to you today thankful for the gospel from John and the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead. We look to you, Lord, that through the power and strength and our faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, that we may one day find our true forever with you in eternal life in heaven. That we might continue to walk in your ways and your light in our now on this earth. And we may shed away the then that held us back from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and Amen. Our final hymn is Light of the World. You are the light of the world, O Lord. You make your servant How can there be any darkness in me if you are the light of the world? If you are the light of the world, you are the bread of life, O oh Lord, broken to set us free. How could there be any hunger in me if you are the bread of life? You are the bread of life. You've overcome the world, O oh Lord, and given us victory. So how could I feel? Overcome.
around the world Wipe every tear away, O Lord And teach us the song of the Lamb The promise is true, but it's still up to you To wipe every tear away Wipe every tear away To wipe every tear away <clears throat> Amen. Let us pray. God of impossibilities, you chose to enter human flesh through the one who called herself lowly. Teach us who daily receive announcements of Christ's coming to live as Mary did, rusting in your power to bring your desire to fulfillment. Amen. And amen. And now, brothers and sisters in Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Amen and amen. Are you looking for some Christian-based apparel to wear? Masks, hoodies, shirts, possibly women's leggings? Then look no further then checking out our Teespring store at teespring.com backslash stores backslash worship dash without dash walls. It's all custom designed from us here at Worship Without Walls. Again, that is teespring.com backslash stores backslash worship dash without dash walls. Hope you find something you like for you or your loved ones. Have a blessed day.